Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I always joke that I got to flip the lights. I might have to really do that. Good morning. Welcome uh, to this month of I Study. Um, we're excited. So this year, kind of the theme of the entire year we've been we're looking towards. Uh, is, is talking about some of the difficult things uh, that we have to talk about within the world. So last month we kind of dealt with how do we as Christians engage with the, the, uh, the topic of politics? How do we as Christians navigate this difficult political atmosphere uh, when we, can, we hear attack ads, we hear candidates doing this thing or that thing, and all these different ideas, and, 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 and um, how, do we, how do we walk through that well? And so we had a, a great discussion last month surrounding that. I think um, some great discussions even after I study, and I hope to do that again this month. Um, this month, what we're going to be focusing on is the, the issue of race relations. So um, if you've been watching the news at all over the last few months, over the last year, you'll, you'll have noticed that uh, race relations in America right now are um, not as good as they could be, right? And so uh, what we have for this month is we've got the, um, the denominations, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, race relations... The Office of Race Relations here with us this week. This is Esteban Lugo. Uh, he will be with us this week, and he will be with us our third week. Uh, Vivian, Viviana, Viv, Viviana or Cornet. You hopefully you can hear what he said there. Uh, clearly, my cultural intelligence needs to go up as well. So uh, my pronunciations are are uh, aren't so good. But they will be with us for the next three weeks, and they'll be running for us a cultural intelligence workshop to kind of help us understand. Uh, what we know about race and culture, uh, and more importantly, what we don't know about race and culture. I, I don't know if you've looked around our church recently. Uh, we're not the most diverse. You can look around this room right now, and you'll see that as well. Uh, and so uh, a lot of times what that means is that we don't even know what we don't know. And so hopefully over this month, we'll be able to, to learn that and, and get, gain a better understanding of the different cultures in our city, in, in our country, uh, in our world, and, and how we as the church um, do a better job uh, of being the church uh, cross-culturally. Um, and so I, will, I want to open with prayer, but then I'll get out of the way and, and, and hand it over to Esteban here. So pray with me. Father God, thank you for, uh, for another month of, uh, that we can be together in this space, another month to talk about how we as the church can do a better job in some of the more difficult areas um, uh, of, of difficult struggles in, in the country right now, whether it be uh, politics we talked about last month or now race here. Uh, Lord, you know, we know you've called us to be a light, be a light in all cultures and all places, and, and we can't do that unless we know how to do that well. So please help us in this discussion here. Uh, learn something, uh, gain an understanding of ourselves or how we are as a church, uh, and grow uh, to be a more loving place and accepting place, no, no matter who walks in our doors. We pray all of these things in your son's name. Amen. One more announcement before I turn it over. If you have a question today, uh, just raise your hand and I'll give you a microphone. We've had a couple people ask um, to, to have questions be asked through microphone because it's hard to hear um, if we don't. So if just raise your hand, I'll run a microphone over and then uh, everybody can hear your question. So Esteban Lugo. Good morning and thank you for the opportunity to come and to share with you a little bit about uh, some of the work that we do, but in particular, this whole issue of cultural intelligence. Hey, what is that? What is that? Well, you know, as, as you know, we, we live in a world full of diversity. And we need to learn to navigate that diversity. Not control it, because you can't control diversity. But you can learn to navigate it. Navigate between the cultures. Right? Okay. And so we're going to be, for the next three weeks, we're going to be doing components, several parts of the workshop we call Cultural Intelligence Building. And can't give it all to you because that's, that, that, that's a whole day workshop. So we decided we'll break up, maybe, maybe offer three segments of it. Okay? Now, our workshops are interactive, means I'm not just going to be here to feed your brain. No, 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 no. Because you won't learn anything, actually. In order for you to really get something, I've, we've got to be able to address the mind, 
the heart and the hands. That make sense? Okay. And when you're engaging in relationships, it really takes all three, the mind, the heart, and the hands. Okay? So, uh, the first thing, before, I, before we jump out, I'd like to maybe get, get some sheets out so that you can uh, just pass those out, please. There's a method to my madness, okay? I use these sheets to give you something to keep, but also I, give, I, I have you work on these sheets so you don't fall asleep on me. Uh, you got to fill in the blanks, and if you're not paying attention, you're not going to fill the blank in, right? Make sense? Okay. Everybody's good? Okay. Let me, let me just give you a real brief description, very brief description of cultural intelligence. It's not on your sheet yet, but it's this. Cultural intelligence building focuses on concrete skills to improve our ability to act and react in positive ways across cultural lines. Okay? This training or this learning sessions introduces the concept of cultural intelligence, CQ, with its four concrete skills. Four concrete skills. Say cuatro. There you go. Knowledge, motivation, interpretation, and behavior. All right? And so through a carefully tailored set of interactive activities, participant learners become aware of their personal, did you, did you hear? Their personal lifelong journey in cultural intelligence. What do I mean by that? Everybody, say everybody, everybody. is on a cultural intelligence journey. Is on a cultural intelligence journey. We are all on it. Even as Brent, Brent mentioned, look, you know, we're not very diverse here. Just look around. But that doesn't mean you haven't been on a cultural intelligence journey. Now, Everyone is in a different place on that journey, right? We're not all at the same level. Maybe you grew up in a town that was all Dutch. So that's your orientation. That's what you gravitate toward. That's not a bad thing. You're on a cult. You learn that only that culture. But but if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna really grow in your cultural intelligence, you gotta expand. You gotta be able to then learn other cultures, not just that one. Right? Make sense so far? Okay. We have a, you might have to go make some more. <laughs> yeah. uh, anybody missing sheets? Okay, here you go. Yeah, make some more. Thank you. Don't want anybody to miss out, okay? All right, so for the next three weeks, I gave you a brief description of cultural intelligence, right? The one important thing that you remember is everyone is on a cultural intelligence journey. It might be limited to one particular culture. So you're really limited because you only know how to maneuver in one. But the more you expand in, uh, into other cultures, 
you'll build a capacity to be able to maneuver between various cultures. Huh? Okay? Yes, ma'am. Oh, there, we're going to get to them. We're going to get to them. I promise you. It's on your sheet. You'll see it on your sheet. We'll get to them. Uh, this week, we're going to be dealing with understanding what cultural intelligence is and the four capacities or competencies or skills, whatever you want to call them, that we build on in order to build our cultural intelligence, right? Next week, you're going to be looking, Viviana, her name is Viviana Cornejo, and she's a staff person for race relations. I'm the director. She's a staff person. She's a race relations advocate. She will be coming and covering cultural intelligence and the Bible. Okay? She'll be dealing... You know, there, there are some real, real examples of demonstration of cultural intelligence in the Scriptures. And you'll be covering that next week. Then the third week, what we're going to cover is cultural intelligence and worship. You know that worship has been one of the most dividing issues in the church. And so how, how does cultural intelligence play into this whole understanding of worship? And, and, and if we apply cultural intelligence, it will help us then to be able to deal with that dividing issue of worship and deal with it effectively. Make sense? Okay? Everybody? Okay. All right. You don't mind. Let's have a quick word of prayer, okay? Father, thank you for this morning and for the opportunity to come and meet and uh, be able to discuss cultural intelligence together. Father, I pray and I ask that you will bless our time, that you will open up our hearts, our minds, to be able to receive from you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. We can, uh, if, if you have your sheet, let's, let's follow along. What, but before we do that, I, I wanna, we're going to talk about stereotypes, okay? I'm going to need five volunteers. Okay? Five volunteers. Uh, come on up. One, two, yeah, come on. Three, four. One more. Come on up. Well, I got six. Okay. Okay. No, no, come on, come on. That's fine. We want to mix it up a little bit. Okay. Now, you are Micah. Micah, but today you're going to be an Asian person. You're going to be an African American woman. You are Latino. You're going to be a Dutch person. <laughs> you can do that, right? I got that. And you're going to be a Native American. Okay? okay? I mean, you live close to there. Yeah, I did it. Yeah, one time. that's you're right. Saying. That's right. Okay. Do, do, do you remember now? What is she? Yeah. What is she? Oh, you got that one down packed, didn't you? What is he? <laughs> what is she? And? Okay, now, I want you to take one sticky, okay? Everyone take a sticky. Pass them around. And I want you to write, you know, you pick one. But I want you to write something 
something that you've heard of, and it could be a a stereotype that you've heard of either a Native American, a Dutch, it could be a positive or negative, okay? Positive or negative. Dutch person, the Latino, African American, or the Asian, Chinese, Japanese, whatever, okay? But write down a stereotype that you've heard. Whether positive or negative, it doesn't matter. Just write one down. And, and then when you write it down, come and stick it right on them. Stick it right on them. Okay? You got to... They're going to tar and feather this guy in a moment. <laughs> no, no, you got to... Oh, extra. That's the easy part. Let's, let's, let's try to make sure that we get everybody on here, Okay. If you if you want to write another one, I've got a couple of more some more stickies. You want to cover on some uh, someone else? Okay. Listen, this person only has two, so I give you an opportunity. Come on, come on. Okay. Okay. This exercise, this exercise is called Label Me. And it's not easy. Because we've all have felt labeled at one time or another, right? Do you want to stick some on there? Yeah. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Right? At one time or another, we've all felt labeled. Huh? Not always a great feeling, right? And, and when, we, when people stereotype, this is exactly what we do. We label people. Huh? Okay. Now, uh, what we're going to do, do you have that mic? Mm-hmm. What, what I'm going to do, I'm not going to read them, but I'm going to have the person who's been labeled to read them. Mm-hmm. Look, at, look at the ones you have and read it out loud. Native Americans have alcohol problem. Uneducated, poor, and alcoholics. Yeah, oh yeah. And one on your side, right there, on your left side. Here. Here you go. Super clean. Dutch cheap. Money conscious, clean, good workers. Frugal, cheap. Frugal, penny pincher, cheap, frugal, tight with money, cheap, uptight, penny pincher, and cheap. (laughs) 
hardworking, work in the fields. Latinos are dirty. Very dedicated to the family. Travel in groups, at least six to eight, all at once. Oh, all, six to eight in a car at once. Athletic. Does not trust the police. Loves to laugh and have good times. Women run the family. African-American entitled. Smart, intelligent, hard workers. Smart, intelligent, short in height. Good He's at, the exception. Good at math, smart, hardworking, super smart, especially at math, high achievers, intelligent, super intelligent, eat a lot of rice, intelligent and smart, and bad drivers. Intelligent. Okay. You have an idea here of what stereotypes are, right? It's a labeling of people, and more often than not, it, uh, it, it tends to lump the whole, right? A stereotype will lump the whole, even though there are differences and there's diversity within a group. Now, I'm going to ask a question of those who came and participated. I want to ask you, how did you feel being labeled? Not good. Not good? How did you feel? I think sometimes insulted. Insulted? Okay. How did you feel? I guess I felt that there's people that have made comments, again, labeling everybody in a group as exposed to individual. Okay. How do you feel? Probably that it's kind of all over the place on here, so I'm kind of a Russian roulette. People don't know what to do with me. Mm. How do you feel? Uh, well, I, I like the idea that the smart thing, but that I would have to live up to that could be some pressure, too. So. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you all for participating in this, and have a seat. Did you know that the highest suicide rate is found among Asian youth, in particular Korean? Do you want to know why? It's exactly what he said. The expectation to excel, to, to be smart, to have the education, to to really excel well in intelligence. Did you know that? Highest suicide rate. Could it be that it's the stereotype that contributes to that? Could it be? Ah. Was this exercise helpful to you a little bit? Does it help your cultural intelligence a little bit? Okay. All right, let's go to the sheet now. How much time do I have? We're until about 10.45, Okay, we've got some time to have some fun, right? Okay, stereotypes. Now, let me ask you a question. When you, hear, when you hear that word stereotype, what comes to your mind? Just popcorn style. What comes to your mind? Huh? Ignorance. A bias. Generalization. A name tag. 
No personal relationship. A lot of negativity. A lot of negativity. See, and the hard thing about stereotypes is that individual actions or character is not looked at just from an individual view, but it generalizes the whole group. Eh? Where's Jose? The one who was the Latino for me. There he is. There's a stereotype that most Latinos, they, they're, you know, in particular the Mexicans, that they tend to be lazy and just be sleeping siesta all day long. You know, we have pictures that, images that show that, right? Many times you'll see drawings and paintings of a, of a person just sitting down with their sobrero, they're sitting on the ground asleep. We, you know, images that we have project that. Are all African American women the head of their home? No, I don't think so. I, I, let me tell you a story. I, I'm born and raised, I'm Puerto Rican. Do I look like it? I'm Puerto Rican. I was born and raised in Chicago, Illinois. My parents came from Puerto Rico in the late 40s. I wasn't born yet. I was born in the 50s. But when they came, when they migrated, they went and moved into all-black project on the south side of Chicago. So my first story of cultural intelligence, you know, cross-cultural experience was growing up among African-Americans. We were one of three Puerto Rican families in an all-black project. And there were three tall buildings, only three Puerto Rican families. So this boy did learn how to eat sweet potato pie. <laughs> and I learned how to eat collard greens. And those, you know, the black food staples. Right? But they also learned from us. There was an interchange. The, the, my babysitter and her family, they, they got along well with our family and they would sometimes come and have dinner with us as well. And they, so we had those cross-cultural interactions. Then, in 1962, my parents went and had this funny idea about going and buying a house. So they moved up to Humble Park on the north side of Chicago. At that time, that community was all Polish. Culture shock! <laughs> so you see the extremes that this Puerto Rican had to go through, right? First among all black, then among all white, because we were maybe 10, there were, there were about 10 Hispanic families in this all Polish neighborhood. And so, but they're stereotypes, okay? Oh no, Puerto Ricans are this way. They're loud. They talk too fast. And, and they only stick to their own kind. Well, yeah, well, that wasn't my experience. That wasn't my siblings' experience. That wasn't my family experience. We had to learn, if we were going to survive, we had to learn to live with people different than we were. Huh? Make, making sense so far to you? Yes. Did you ever, well, that was louder than I thought. Did you find that when, we, when people worked in stereotypes, that, uh, that we even, our interactions with people on an individual basis end up being weighed against that stereotype? So, for instance, um, I, you know, taking some of those to say, this is how Latino people are, 
And then if, when I get to know you, I then just start to apply that based on the stereotype. So you are different than the stereotype, so you've moved away from it, yet everybody else kind of remains there. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Be, and, and, and because, whether it's media, whether it's these images, they continue to reinforce the stereotype in our thinking. Even though we're in cross-cultural relationships that prove otherwise, we're still bombarded for example, you know, it, it is not true that all uh, that African American women are the heads of their homes. No, that's a statistic based on single parent families. But it's not true. It is not true. There are many. There are there are many men leading their families in the African American community. It doesn't fit that narrative that we're being constantly bombarded with. Okay? You know, all, all Asians, all Chinese, all Japanese aren't always taking pictures. See? Yet, what? <laughs> yet, yet, isn't that the image that you see on television? If that's the image you see on television. Anytime you see a person of Asian descent, they've got a camera. <laughs> it's not true, though. Not all Latinos have rhythm and can dance. I'm serious. I mean, I'm not one of them, but I'm telling you. <laughs> I've had enough women step on my toes when dancing. Not all of them have that. Not all of us have that innate ability. Not all black people can play basketball. Are, are you getting this? See, but we, that's the image that we get. Not all young guys in the African American community are rappers. Not all of them are. But that's the image that we're constantly projected with. We've got to pay attention to things, folks. Remember, yes, while we can look at, very, uh, we can look at the different communities and their groupings, but we can't be so quick to label and then stereotype and say, oh, all of them are this way. Oh, all of you are all the same. Is every Dutch person in this room right now cheap? According to what, what, what was... No, listen, that's serious. Serious. Because someone from another culture hearing that ends up believing that and doesn't, be, doesn't understand that there are many Dutch folk who are very giving and give enormously. But how would they know that if they didn't have relationship? Stereotypes can, can be good in some ways, but stereotypes can be very dangerous. Do, do we get this? That's why, that's why we need, all of us need to be on this journey of cultural intelligence. We do. We need to break some of those images, some of those ideas that we have, some of those notions that we have about other people. Before we go on, anybody have a question? Yes. You know... This issue of race and racism has been going on for a long time. I mean, it's, it's not unique to the U.S. or America. I've gone to countries that have existed way before America and have issues of racism. If you go into the Bible, you will see that race, the sin of racism has been played out all throughout. All you need to do is open up. I mean, you can look before, but all you need to do is start with the book of Exodus. Read the first chapter. 
and you will find systemic racism at play. An opinion was started about a group of people. An opinion was started about those people. And it just snowballs. Yes? Yeah, and as I said... So, stereotypes aren't necessarily false. Yes and no. Yes and no. Because the problem is, is that we paint a whole group with that one brush. That's the problem. Now, there are some, as I said, there are some good things about stereotypes. Now, would you say every Dutch person is cleanly? No, no, no. I, I'm just. I'm. I'm pointing this out, though. And and so. And, and 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 then would you would you would you say well only only the Dutch are cleanly? See what I'm saying? That's what stereotypes do. They challenge them, or they put a spotlight on one group, and not think about characteristics of the rest, or. Or making one better than another. Yeah, I'm just kind of saying that sometimes cultural characteristics yes. bring on the stereotype. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. But everyone <coughs> grows up into a culture. In my family, the culture, uh, a cultural, a cultural uh, piece was. That's, that's among many Hispanics, but not all, let me say that, is music. My father's a musician. I and my, one of my siblings became musicians. Uh, my five kids are musicians. My five grandkids are musicians. <laughs> it's, a, it's a cultural trait with some, not all. But I, you have to be careful not to paint the hole with that one brush. Is this making sense? But the tendency about stereotypes is that we tend to use the one brush and paint everybody that way, of that particular group. And it's not true. But you will never know that until you start learning to build on your cultural intelligence. Huh? Yes. Is there value in knowing what the what are some cultural yeah. attributes and characteristics and so forth, or is there just so much risk to overgeneralizing and stereotyping if you if you assume certain or if you believe certain things about this culture, that culture? I mean, how important is it to know some different things about different cultures without there being the risk? Well, the thing that the, the best thing to do is to look into, learn as much as you can of the other culture. Then the tendency to stereotype will minimize. If you took if you took the time to get to know about another culture, what are the norms? What are what are those things that are most important? What are some of the characteristics of the people? You going with a, you're going in with no. I'm I'm giving you this stuff. Yeah. Let's get into the sheet. Okay. All right. So we're going to look at what cultural intelligence is now. Uh, once again, uh, cultural intelligence. Here you go. Is 
an individual capability. Cultural intelligence is an individual capability. It's, some, it's, a, it's a capability that you build on. Right? You, it doesn't just fall out of the sky and, oh, I have cultural intelligence. No, 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 no. You got to work at building it. If, the more you practice it, the better you become at it. Like learning to play an instrument. Or a sport. Or a skill. Right? Now, if I said to you, I'm a Puerto Rican cowboy, would you believe me? How many of you would believe me? Put your hand up. Cowboy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know it takes skill to ride a horse. You know it takes skill to be like a cowboy, right? All right. Do I look like the kind of person that I would be? No. Well, you're wrong. I am. I am a horseman, honestly. And it takes skill. Just like becoming a guitar player it took skill. It took practice. It took training. So you can't, here, 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 you can never, building on cultural intelligence, you can never go on appearance. You, can ne- you can't trust appearance. Because appearance doesn't tell you anything about a person and what they can do and what they are about. You know that there are Puerto Ricans who look just like you, as light-skinned as you are? Then there are Puerto Ricans who are very, very, very dark, like someone from Nigeria. And I'm sort of the in-between. But you can't always go by looks. Because guess what? I've met Dutch people as dark as me. And I couldn't assume, hey, you're Puerto Rican, and start speaking Spanish to them. They look at me, are you crazy? You can't trust what you see all the time. You've got to break the barrier, get to know, right? So that's one part of cultural intelligence and one ability, one, one way that you're going to grow and build on your cultural intelligence is by building relationships building relationships, okay? Okay, so this means it is not an aspect of personality or personal interest. It is a set of capabilities that leads to specific outcomes such as decision-making, your performance, and adjustment in culturally diverse settings. Why is it that you can go to a conference and all of a sudden just see, well, the white folks, they go and hang out with white folks. The Hispanic folks go and hang out with Hispanic. The, the Asian folks go and, and they start to just gravitate toward their own. Why is that? Lack of cultural intelligence. That's the natural tendency, gravitate toward our own. And you know what? To be honest with you, I have a hard time with the church growth movement, especially in this area. Because years ago, Peter Wagner, I don't know if you've ever heard of Peter Wagner and McGavern, when, when the church, the mega church movement was happening, they, they sent out this message of basically, you know, <clears throat> we, the church grows best when it, all, when, it, when it reaches out to its own people who most look like you who dress like you. So, you know, in their, in their trainings and all of this stuff, they would have a profile. Saddleback Sam. And he had a cell phone. And he had dressed a certain way. Very yuppie-ish. And so this is the kind of person that you got to target. What? So even the church growth movement has, has contributed to us not being able to 
navigate other cultures besides our own. Because they told you, no, you know, you're best able to reach those who are most like you. Something wrong with that. Something wrong with that. So cultural intelligence measures a person's a person's capacity to function effectively in a, underline this one, multicultural. Underline it, in a multicultural. Let me ask you a question. In most of you, the place that you work in, is it diverse or is it just one culture? Huh? Diverse, right? You, 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 you got to continue to build on that. When you go to the grocery store, is it diverse? Or is it just one culture? When you go to the movie show, or even better yet, when you go to the mall. <laughs> right? See, that's what the kingdom of God is supposed to be looking like. Like when you go to the mall. And you see all kinds of flavors of people. Right? Isn't that true? That, that's what the kingdom of God looks like. But we are satisfied with just the one flavor. Hmm? Vanilla. <laughs> Listen, you know what? I, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I don't even like chocolate. I'm partial to that pistachio, you know? Boy. Or that rum raisin. Oh, gosh, have you ever had that, the rum raisin? Wow. Do you get what I'm saying? Making sense to you? Okay. And, and so it, it is also a way to foster tolerance and enhance interaction across national, ethnic, and organizational cultures. Cultural intelligence building focuses on concrete skills to improve our ability to act and react in positive, in positive ways. See, the more I know about you, the better I'm able to interact with you in a positive way. The more you know about me, what do you know about me? What did I tell you today so far? I'm what? Puerto Rican. What else? Cowboy. I'm a cowboy. What else? Musician. I'm a musician. Yeah. I'm a grandfather. Father. I'm a father. Well, you see what I'm saying? Now, then when you interact with me, you've got some points that you can, right, connect with. Not just the color of my skin. Hmm? Okay, four independent... Okay, we've got to wrap this up. We've got 15 minutes. Okay, cultural intelligence. The first capability is motivation. All right? And motivation is your interest in experiencing other cultures and the extent to which you think you are capable of interacting effectively with people who have different cultural backgrounds includes your sense of confidence that you can function effectively in different cultural settings or in diverse cultural settings where people have cultural backgrounds that are different from your own. And there's three, there's three specific aspects of this motivation. First is, there's this intrinsic interest, meaning it, der you, it derives from an enjoyment from culturally diverse experiences. How many, how many of you would say that you have this intrinsic, this in, 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 inward, innate desire just to get to know other cultures? How many would you say that? Okay. But then there's another aspect. There's the extrinsic, extrinsic interest and that's meaning gaining benefits from culturally diverse experiences. Let me, let me give you an example just to give you an idea of this. 
you're a business owner. You cre create this product that you know that you know, other cultural people really gravitate to and use, right? So who are you going to advertise to? To them. There you go. So you're benefiting. You're gaining from that, right? Okay? That could be a positive thing. It could be a negative thing. For example, how many of you know who, know who Eric Clapton is? Bad boy guitar player. White boy. Right? Did you know that that white boy learned how to play that style of music so he can not only hit the white market, but the black market as well? You know who he learned to play guitar from? Huh? People like Lead Belly? African-American guitar players? Huh? And learn to play that way, to hit that. Now, he benefited from that, right? Right? He made millions. But, but the question you got to ask, did the African-American guitarists that he learned from, did they make millions? I'm saying, so there's, there's that. But that's another story for another day. But that's an example of an extrinsic value or desire for cross-cultural experiences, right? The third is self-efficacy, meaning having the confidence to be effective in culturally diverse situations. So you've been invited to go to a multi-ethnic conference, and you want to be able to re relate to the folks who are there, right? You want to be able to navigate. You don't want to just hang out with your own. So you, so you do some research on Hispanics and blacks and Asians and, so that you feel somewhat competent when you go there and have a rich experience. Right? Now here's the question that you have to answer. What, what motivates me? How do I get motivated to pursue cultural intelligence? First of all, ask yourself, what motivates me? Second, how do I get motivated? I mean, if it's true that the kingdom of God is supposed to look like the mall, how do I get motivated into having that as a value in my life? Right? How do I get motivated to build this cultural intelligence that I'm supposed to, if I'm going to be able to navigate the kingdom of God? That's, that's a good question, right? If I'm going to navigate the kingdom of God, How do I build my cultural intelligence? Okay, that's one characteristic or one capability. Here's the second one. Cultural intelligence knowledge. Right? Is a person's knowledge about how cultures are similar and how cultures are different. It helps us to improve our understanding of ourselves and those from other cultures. It includes information on cultural universals. All cultures have language. They have economics, uh, aesthetic systems, etc. Okay? Every culture has language. True? Every culture has traditions, right? Every culture has norms of how, or codes of how they dress, or what they eat. Yes? Question for you. The, the biggest, this knowledge piece is kind of the biggest 
barrier, I think, that we have for a lot of us, and I think particularly around language, whether, I mean, even when we're talking within the English language, um, my interactions with different cultures, what I find myself often worrying about is the language I use, right? So if I, if I start, I, I had the opportunity recently to, to spend some time with a, a group of uh, African-American young men and realized very quickly how poor my language skills were, like how even to speak within the context, within the tradition. Um, and the problem was then you, have this, you have already have a barrier up, right? And then when I start to use phrases that wouldn't be offensive in my culture, quickly become offensive in that culture, how do we bridge that? It's been the same thing in my experience with Latino culture, with gay culture actually as well. How do we, how do we speak well? How do you even begin to get over that without immediately offending? You um, ask the question. You ask the question. What are the kinds of things that I need to avoid saying when I'm around this particular group? You ask. But that takes relationship, right? It's as I get to know you that I can then develop the freedom to ask the kinds of questions. And, and you are going to make mistakes. In cultural intelligence, there is, there is no perfect way Okay? You will make mistakes. <coughs> Listen, I, honestly, when I go to Puerto Rico, because I'm, I, I'm, I was born and raised in the United States, do you know that they look at me as not being pure Puerto Rican? So, you know, I have to navigate that. So I have to ask questions. Hey, how do you say this? Right? What words should I avoid using? Because in my, in my culture, hey, it's okay. But I, I understand that there are some things that may not be okay for you in your culture. What are those things? Help me to know so that I don't step on those landmines. Huh? See, here, here, here. And you might want to write this down. The only dumb question is the one that's never asked. Does that help? But independent of that, you're not going to know. You need to ask. You need to build relationships so that you can learn. You find that find that most people are open to being asked? Just an ignorant question? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just ask, ask the question, what, what are the kinds of words and phrases or things you think I need to avoid when I'm hanging out with you guys? Right? And if they tell you, just be yourself. You're in a good crowd then because they're willing to accept you the way you are. Huh? Right? I even have Latinos tell me, hey, don't say this. Or don't do this. Right? And I, hey, I'm as Puerto Rican as they come. All right. Uh, let's move on. It helps us to improve our understanding of ourselves and those from other cultures. It, inf it includes information on cultural universals. Now, now in the business... Knowledge about economic and legal systems. <clears throat> if a business is going to be effective, they have to have a knowledge of, of, for example, for example, a lot of the businesses, businesses in, in America, they will look at specific cultural blocks to see the economics of that particular cultural group. They, that's how they build their advertising. They build their advertising campaigns around that. So if, if you turn on Spanish TV, just, you may not understand it all, but just turn it on. If you see the advertisers on a lot of those programs, 
it will just blow you. These are all American companies. All, and, they, and they said, no, you know what? Because we know Latinos like to spend money on these products. So we're, you know, but we know, but they do research. Many of these companies are extremely culturally intelligent. Why? Because it affects the bottom line. But you and I, not from a business perspective, but listen, it does, it does have an impact upon the kingdom. That's why we want to be culturally intelligent, because it impacts the kingdom. Remember the prayer of Jesus. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when we look at heaven, we see cultural, I mean, diverse culture all the way. Why do we want to be culturally intelligent? Because we reflect the kingdom as it is in heaven. Huh? So maybe not from the business, but from the kingdom aspect, right? Okay. Then interpersonal knowledge about values, social interaction norms, and religious beliefs. Listen, do you not think it's important? Like, you know, we're called to share our faith with other people, right? As Christians. We're called to evangelize. We're called to share our faith. I don't think the most effective way is to, is to just uh, stand like the corner preacher and just shout out to people and tell them they're going to hell. I don't think that. But I do think if I build relationships with people and get to understand, ask questions about what their religious beliefs are, eh, I'm gaining knowledge about that, right? And as I'm doing that, I'm building relationships and then building enough relationship that I gain their respect that I can speak into their lives, right? And share my religious and faith views. Huh? Make sense? Okay. Well, let me, let's finish up real fast this sheet, okay? So, social linguistics, knowledge about rules of language and rules of expressing nonverbal behaviors. And that's part of what you were uh, asking about, uh, Brent. Okay, so the question then becomes, what do I need to know? What do I need to know? The, 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 the third characteristic or capability is CQ interpretation, is how a person makes sense of culturally diverse experiences. It occurs when people make judgments about their own thought processes <coughs> and those of others. It helps us to interpret cues and manage situations is our capability to think strategically about cultural and cultural differences. So here, here are three things. Awareness, knowing about one's existing cultural knowledge. Like, have you, have you done a, an assessment of your own cultural knowledge where you're at right now? It would be important to do that. What do you, what do you know about your own culture? What do I know about my own culture? All right? Then planning, strategizing before a culturally diverse encounter. You're going to try to build and, and, and find out as much knowledge as you can. Then checking, checking assumptions and adjusting mental maps when actual experiences differ, differ from expectations. And so the question is, what is my plan? If you're going to embark on this cultural intelligence journey, you've got to have a plan. You've got to develop a strategy. You've got to become intentional about it. Okay? Then the final uh, capability is behavior. Cultural intelligence behavior is a person's capability to adapt verbal and nonverbal behavior to make it appropriate to diverse cultures. 
It involves having a flexible repertoire of behavioral responses that suit a variety of situations. It helps us to act respectfully and be flexible. If you're going to be successful in being culturally intelligent, that's the key word, underline, flexible. Flexible. All right? In other words, you can bend. You can bend. Not break, but you can bend. All right? It helps us to act respectful and, and be flexible is, is your capability to change your behavior to fit other cultures. Right? So, I don't, I, so when I'm among Dutch, I'm not going to eat my rice and beans and pork chop or steak. I might eat potatoes and steak. Or I might eat the sandwich, ham and cheese sandwich that you, you know. Right? See what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm becoming flat. I'm not rigid. No, you got to make me rice and beans. That's my staple. No, 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 I'll be flexible. Huh? See? And so then the, the, the two things, nonverbal, modifying nonverbal behaviors, gestures, facial expressions, verbal, modifying verbal behaviors, like my accent and my tone. Right? Now, in the, in, the, in the third week when I come back and do the worship, we'll get a little bit more into this, okay? Any questions before we wrap up? Has this been helpful? Is it good? Good for you? Okay. Now, as I said to you, we're, what we do is interactive, okay? It's, I'm not just going to address your brain. I'm going to engage the whole you in this. And I hope that I've been able to do that with you today. Are you going to be able to stick around for just a little bit after? I sure can. So if you have questions, we'll have to do it then because the church starts in five minutes, so we're going to have to okay. go that way. There also are some <laughs> cultural opportunities around here during the week. I'm can't, I don't have time to share them all with you now. If you're interested in those, come talk to me as well. Uh, ways that we can actually get down and dirty with it and, uh, and actually do what we talked about today. So anyway, thanks everybody. Go to church if you need to go to church. If not, come. you feel free to ask Esteban questions.